Minehead Baptist Church Sermon Podcast for Easter Sunday, the 9th of April 2023. Happy Easter and welcome. My name's James and I'm the web guy here at NBC. For this Easter Sunday, well, Paul was speaking on Easter and Resurrection Sunday. The reading is Luke chapter 24, verses 1 to 12. So we'll go and join Paul as he's introducing the service. To do something before we do anything else, so that is to say, uh, we've obviously still got people coming in. We are expecting the church to be full ish or full plus. If you have a space next to you, it'd be really helpful if you could either squidge up a bit and just pretend that you like the person next to you, or, or actually, if you do like the person next to you, but get my drift. And, and, and or as folk come in, if you could make if you could sort of wave in the air, they'll know where seats are, that would help us tremendously too. We will assume if you're waving in the, your hands in the air, waving during the notices, that that's because you're trying to say there's a seat, not that you're charismatic. Okay. But either way around, you're really welcome, and you're welcome to be with us on this Easter Resurrection Sunday morning. Hallelujah. There are a few notices for the week. There's a bit of a buzz for a few notices for the week. Uh, they're as follows. Today, we have this service... Then at four o'clock, Alec Prale is going to lead our, our sort of church of four service, which will be a bit more kind of maybe reflective. And then at six o'clock, Tommy is leading a celebration service. We have absolutely no idea what will happen. But, but praise God, God does. So if at six o'clock you want to come along and sort of finish Easter Sunday, Resurrection Day, with that sense of celebration, please come. There's a couple of notices for the week. Um, on Thursday this week, it is a uh, celebration for Ken Denman. That's this Thursday at 2 o'clock. If you can make a cake, could you see Lorraine? Uh, and we'd love, we want to bless the family with sort of tea and cake after the, 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 the sort of celebration service, if we can. Bearing in mind how much Ken served us. And one of the ways we can do that is to make cake and bless them. So if you're able to make a cake, can you see Lorraine? And uh, she'll, she's organising that for us. Secondly, if uh, you are around in the evenings of this week, um, Monday to Thursday, we are, we are live streaming Spring Harvest here, the celebrations, at 6.30. Thir- it will start with tea and coffee, and the celebration itself will start at about 7 o'clock. Can I ask you to do two things? If, if you've spoken to me about helping, but you haven't heard from me, can you tap me on the shoulder after the service? Because uh, we want to try and put all of that together uh, later today. And secondly, I'm going to ask you for prayer. Because we, we've managed to get it, Brian, the genius that is Brian, has got our projector working today, but it's been, it wasn't working earlier, and it's been sort of spasmodic. If we're going to do this, then we need the projector to be working. And I can't help but think... We have an enemy that doesn't want us to do it. We will stand and say, no, this is of the Lord. So please pray in that respect. There's one piece of family news. Um, That is to say, for those of you who didn't see it this morning, unfortunately, Janice Bainbridge had a fall yesterday on the avenue um, and was admitted to Musgrove. Um, There are... Praise God, she's hopeful that today they're going to do an operation to replace her hip. Um, so just bear Janice in mind, and Richard, when he needs us later in prayers, we'll, we'll be praying for her then. I do not know how many times, friends, throughout the years this passage has been read in this church, yet it's with delight that I read it again this morning. 
When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on the way to the tomb when they asked themselves, who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him, but go and tell the disciples and Peter, don't worry, my friend, I'm sorting it the man. What an amazing piece of scripture. And it leads to something that's been done in this church, as I understand it, for, well, hundreds of years, since the church was first formed. And that is that there has been an Easter shout. So here's the deal. To, to me saying, Alleluia, he is risen. Your shout back is, he is risen indeed, Alleluia. Got that? <laughs> Alleluia, he is risen. He is risen indeed, Alleluia. And the tradition that's gone in church history throughout the years is that we'll do it three times. But the cool news to everybody under 18 is that we'll do it three times, and each time we do it, we're going to get louder. The idea being that we proclaim the reality of this risen Lord, not just to ourselves, but to our world. And you'll notice we've opened the doors to do it. Okay? If someone going past goes, what's going on? Hallelujah that they respond and come through the door. The words, hallelujah, he is risen, he is risen indeed, hallelujah. Here we go then. Hallelujah, he is risen. He is risen indeed, hallelujah. Hallelujah, he is risen. He is risen indeed, hallelujah. Hallelujah, he is risen. He is risen. For someone here this morning, you've come and you've come seeking and and actually, just as we were uh, praising, God gave me this word for you. If you've come this morning and you're seeking God as your saviour. If you've come this morning and you're seeking God as your healer. If you've come this morning and you're seeking God as your deliverer. You've come to the right place. Because he is risen and he is your saviour, your healer, your deliverer. And my prayer, Lord, as you gave me that prayer was that whomever that's for this morning would just respond. And this day, Resurrection Day, would be the day when resurrection fully is theirs. Because this is the day when they reach out to you and say, all honour and glory be to you. This is the day when they say, I am a sinner in need of the saving grace of God through Jesus Christ. This is the day when they say, I take and accept the Holy Spirit as this amazing sense of you, Lord, in my life. This is the day I finally stop relying upon myself and I rely upon you. And so whether this morning, 
as they come, Lord, they've come because they're seeking you as saviour, or they come because they're seeking you as healer, or they come because they're seeking you as deliverer. By the grace and the power and the majesty and the awesome might of the Holy Spirit, we pray that that reality, that prayer that they hold on to would be answered in this moment. And that by the grace of God, salvation will come. Because he is risen. I pray that for you. And just say to you, if you want to speak afterwards, come find me, Richard, or someone you know and love. For he is risen. And he is risen for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. This is the moment, church, when we join together. And we declare something else that's been on at this church's heart for years. I, when we were preparing for this yesterday, I just had a sense that God was saying, no, we need to sing this. And you need to sing it now. So if this is for you, praise God. But if not, let's praise God. And sing together, thine be the glory. And as we uh, sing this song, we're going to do another act of worship that this church does, and that's we're going to give our offering. If you are a visitor here, please let the bag pass you. Um, This is um, uh, money that we give to bless God through the mission in this church, through all the work that is done in this place. So please, if you're a visitor, please let the bag pass you. And we're going to sing, Thine be the glory, risen, conquering sun. voice and you sing praises to God do you know the Lord looks and he thinks what wonderful harmony and even if you don't think your voice is good when God hears it he thinks this is the voice of my child who I love so just with our voices not with any instruments we're going to see what happens here my pitching's never been good but that's okay because that I'm in the glory so dear church from youngest to oldest from that height to this height and anywhere in between thank you Lorraine or anywhere in between thine be the glory and sing it from your heart because I believe as we sing it God will transform and change us we've talked about bringing the walls of this church down let him bring them down thine be the glory risen glory
And hallelujah, Lord, that you take the praise of the youngest and the oldest, the praise of the newest Christian that became a Christian here today, and the praise of the Christian that's been there for you and with you all their life. And you take the praises, Lord, of the big and the little, of the bold and the weak, and the, 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 those that don't want to be the timid, Lord. We pray, we pray you take the praises of all of us. And as we say, thine be the glory, there is heavenly divine transaction. And we pray, Lord, that today our young people may have their moment of going, thine be the glory. That there would be heavenly divine transaction and that they would come to know you. I pray, you, I pray a blessing on, on Tommy and Lorraine and all of those that are going to go and lead our young people now, Lord. That you would just anoint them. That whether they're, they're, they're doing a craft together or working on something or whether they're listening to your awesome word. That transaction would happen and the reality of you as saviour would strike home. Father, we pray, thank you for our young people. And we pray, Lord, that when we come back together... They may be buzzing with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, that's an invitation to go buzzing for Christ if you're young. (laughs) Sorry? Okay. Sorry, I'll I'll just give you some instructions. Um, If if you go out that door, um, if you've not been here before, you go out that door, folk will direct you. If you've got a baby in arms then there's a crash, and we'll direct you that way too. Um, if, you, if, if you get lost, see Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm lost. <laughs> the good news about that is you can be lost together. You get my drift. I say it week by week, and I will never tire of saying it. Please don't forget, dear church, to pray for our young people. They're a blessing. Now, we've had an order of service, Richard. What's next? Oh, Rich is going to come and lead us in prayers. Happy Easter. Shall we come and pray? Father, we first come this morning and give you thanks. On this day of all days, when we remember your sons rising to life again. Father, thank you for the gift you give us through it. Thank you, Lord, that through your Son we are forgiven, made new. Father, we can never repay you for that gift, never repay you for what you gave for us. All we can do, Lord, is worship you and adore you as King of kings and Lord of lords. Thank you, Lord. Father, we come as well this morning and are aware of so much going on in the world around us. So much that is not of you. Father, we think of the war in Ukraine. Father, a war that seems to have no end in sight. Father, we pray for peace. Father, we pray for your presence to be known, for your presence to break out over Russia and Ukraine. Father, that they would know your peace. Father, we pray for those involved. 
those forced to fight, those fighting with no choice. Lord, be with them. Father, we think as well of this town of Minehead. Father, of a town that so desperately needs you. Father, we lift this community up to you. Father, might they know and hear something of you this Easter. Father, when besides all the chocolates, the Easter bunnies, Father, might they catch a glimpse of you and what you've done for us. Father, we lift up to you Janice as well, who's in hospital. Father, we pray for her operation, that it would go well and smoothly, and for her recovery. Father, might she know your presence. Father, we lift up to you those who are grieving. We think of Ken Denman's family this week. Father, be with them, be a comfort and a shelter. And Lord, we lift up this, your church. Father, on this day when we celebrate who you are and what you've done for us, Lord, we pray that you would pour out your spirit on us. Father, that we would praise you and worship you and love you. Father, that we would be ambassadors for you. Lights for you in all that we do. So, Father, we pray again, pour out your Spirit on us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Reading is from Luke chapter 24. When things get repeated, I think... Very often it's when God really wants to speak. And I think this is the scripture that Paul read right at the beginning. Luke 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the dying among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you? While he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them, 
who told this to the apostles. They didn't believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Trust God will bless that to us. Thank you, Barry. Friends, it is Resurrection Sunday. Hallelujah. Yeah, on Sunday, days like today, you're allowed to say hallelujah as many times as you can. So if later on you're going for a family meal in a restaurant and the waiter says to you, it will be half price, go hallelujah. If later on you go into a restaurant and the waiter says to you, it will be double price, go hallelujah. Let him ask why. Hallelujah indeed. And on this Sunday, all heaven and earth declares he is risen. It's not as if we're alone. The whole company of heaven go, heaven, the whole company of heaven mustn't drop my H's. Go, he is risen. It's a fact, isn't it? Just, well, you don't seem sure, but it is a fact. He is risen. Okay. Hallelujah. All heaven declares it. And all heaven sings it. Do you know, when Jesus' birth was announced, the angels came and sang, didn't they? The heavens declare it and sing now. I wonder if they sing in like this uh, group. Uh, it comes from, I think it's Dallas uh, in America. But actually, hallelujah it is.
true. He is King of Kings and Lord of Lords and he will reign forever and Alleluia is the right response. If it isn't, let's go home. But the reality is, it is truth. It is fact. And therefore we can declare King of Kings and Lord of Lords and Alleluia. So your turn to do that now. Ready? No, I'm not. <laughs> But Alleluia. And I want to thank Rod for sending that to me, for sharing that with me, and for, I know you shared it with your group, for their input on that as well. An amazing version of the Hallelujah Chorus. Now, it made me do something when I I got that from Rod. It made me think, oh, hold on a minute, that would be good for Easter Sunday. And it made me reread again all the accounts, the gospel accounts of Resurrection Sunday. And there's a point to this, because in my mind it's going, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. And I recognise something about those four Gospels. Each Gospel writer thought that the stone moving away was a significant event. We may have disagreed whether an angel told the women or they went. All details kind of don't agree in those accounts. Except two things. The stone's rolled away and he is risen. And hallelujah. And it left me with this question. Okay, Paul. Why was the stone rolled away? Not who rolled it away, but why? Well, you have to start with a why not. Okay, so I'm going to declare a why not. The stone was not rolled away in order for Jesus to be resurrected. There's a startling statement. You see, the truth is, Jesus did not need the stone rolled away to come out of the grave. And if you want proof, read John chapter 20. Because that same resurrection evening, Jesus appears to his disciples by walking through a locked door. And in any case, my Bible, yours may be different, tells me that nothing's impossible with God. So if Jesus had wanted to be resurrected and leave the stone in place, he could have done so. So why was it rolled away? It must be for a different reason. Friends, it was for you the stone was rolled away. For us. Let me tell you why. Firstly, the rolling away of the stone proves that what Jesus said would happen, did happen. In other words, he speaks truth. Luke chapter 18, verses 31 to 33 say this. Jesus took the twelve aside and told them, we are going up to Jerusalem. And everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be handed over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, spit on him, flog him and kill him. On the third day, he will rise again. And so the stone was rolled away. Not for Jesus to be able to get out, but did you notice the story? But to let humanity in. To let those women in. To let the disciples in. And to prove to his disciples then and for all generations to come that his words are true. After all, I'm really willing for you to take this pulpit now. If you know someone that's risen from the dead and lives forevermore whose name is not Jesus. I'm assuming the silence means we don't know anyone. Only one Jesus has been resurrected. 
And if he spoke the truth about the resurrection, then what else he spoke would seem to me to be truth too. So this is what he says about you this resurrection morning. He said he would die for your sins. You, we, can rely on it. He said he would leave us the Holy Spirit to guide and direct us. You, we, can rely on it. He said that death cannot hold us and we can rely on it. So the truth of the matter is, I'm not going to die. Because I'm already dead to self and the one that needed to die has already died. And he's raised from the dead. Hallelujah. He said that he's preparing a mansion in heaven for me. How about you? Do you know him that well? We can rely on it. Incidentally, I don't know what my mansion would be like. But I did uh, once when I was a new Christian say to the Lord, could it be in Brighton Hove Albion colours? <laughs> so, so if you see this blue and white mansion, it's mine. Okay? <laughs> he said that he's coming back again and we can rely on it. Resurrection, friends, doesn't just end on Resurrection Sunday. It's a whole life thing. The stone was rolled out of the way. Not so that Jesus could get out, but to remind us that everything he said was true. Secondly, the stone was rolled away to make the resurrection of Jesus Christ a fundamental foundation fact of the Christian faith. I don't believe you can call yourself a Christian and say that Jesus did not resurrect. I don't see how that's possible. You believe or you don't. Hebrews 11.1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We're not asked to believe the resurrection by a kind of blind faith. That would be the case if the stone wasn't rolled away. But because it was, we're asked to believe Jesus' resurrection as a fact, a fundamental fact of Christian faith. If the stone were not rolled away and we were not able to look inside, or those early disciples and women on our behalf, and we were just told that Christ arose then we would have to believe it by blind faith. But we don't, because it was rolled away and the women and men went in. Humanity got to see inside the tomb and it was empty, and hallelujah that it was empty. If Jesus hadn't appeared to those women as they walked back to the disciples to report the empty tomb, if he hadn't appeared to the men on the road to Emmaus, if he didn't appear to the disciples in the locked room, if he hadn't appeared to Saul of Tarsus, on the road to Damascus when Saul became Paul, if he hadn't appeared, according to Paul in Corinthians, to over 500 people, then we would have to believe it by blind faith that Jesus rose from the grave, but the tombstone was rolled away, and he did appear to them. I'm privileged as a pastor, privileged to be able to get news of our brothers and sisters in the persecuted church as part of a minister's network that maybe we can't spread. I've got to tell you the truth. More and more and more people are going even into the mosques and having visions of the resurrected Jesus Christ in front of them. Hallelujah. And is he risen? Hallelujah. It's a privilege to be able to pray with my brothers and sisters across the globe in that way. And no, I can't tell you where and neither will I. But the reality is, 
Jesus is alive. He is risen. We've got to see inside. It's from that basic foundation fact that Jesus rose. That everything else we believe in is built on. Paul says this, 1 Corinthians 15. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. But of course, the reverse is also true. If Christ rose from the dead, then we will all be raised. If he rose from the dead, then me doing this isn't in vain. And your testimony counts. And then the stone was rolled away to reveal us that Jesus' death wasn't in vain. I love what the angel said in Matthew's Gospel. Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek him. Jesus, who was crucified, he is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Can you see that the angel sees this connection between the crucifixion and the resurrection? Because the angel could have said, could he not? He's risen, he's not here. But that connection of the crucifixion and the resurrection is so important to us. It's important, so important, that Jesus taught it to his disciples. And he did it before he died. Matthew, chapter 16, 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to the disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the chief priests and teachers of the law. And that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Crucifixion and resurrection. If there was a crucifixion without a resurrection, our sins would be forgiven, but there would be no eternal life in heaven for us. That's the reality. If there was no resurrection, but no, if there was rather a resurrection, but no crucifixion, Jesus would be in heaven, but we would be spending eternity in hell because the wages of sin is death. And it would be I that would be paying for my sins. But, praise God, Jesus connected the two events. Hallelujah. He died for my sins and he rose from the grave and therefore one day I will live forever in resurrected body with my Lord. What about you? Is that your faith? It's not. Come speak to me afterwards. Jesus connects the crucifixion And the resurrection. And the stone rolled away. Let's me know. The connection's real. And all of that means something. It means that the resurrection promises new life. Do you know the cool thing? Do you know you're dead? If you know Jesus Christ, do you know you're dead? You don't look happy. But the truth of the matter is you are. We talk about death to the old self. Don't we? We're dead. And if we're dead, death need have no sting, correct? You're already dead. Now you've got to physically die. I'm not saying that you're physically dead. But spiritually, we're dead, correct? 
Because we've got new life in Christ. Though I told the story when I first came here, but it's a friend of mine who couldn't grasp this. When we were growing up in our 20s, I had many a conversation with him, and it was like either he was hitting his head against a brick wall or I was. And he got married, and me and Lorraine tried to speak to him and his wife, and it just didn't seem to go in. Until one evening, well, actually one night, it was about two in the morning, as I understand the story, when this little penny dropped, and he suddenly realised that because Christ had died, he died to self. Could bring his sins before the Lord and live a new life. And as the story goes, as his wife told me and Lorraine, he managed to get up on the bed, got up, sort of sat up, bolt upright in bread, bed, decided this was the most joyous news, and at two in the morning, with his wife sitting next to him, he started bouncing on the bed. Uh, he woke her up. It would be right to say, and suffice to say, that she wasn't best pleased. She did ask him why he couldn't have done it in the morning. But at two in the morning, it struck him. The reality of Jesus Christ's resurrection struck him. And he bounced on a bed. What about you? You're going to go home and bounce on Please don't. <laughs> Metaphorically, bounce on the bed. Jesus promises new life. How do I know that to be true? Well, Romans 6, 3, 5 say this. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptised into Christ Jesus were baptised into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. The annoying fact, friends, is that you're going to spend eternity with the Lord. And I say annoying because it means two things. You're going to spend eternity with me. There's the annoyance, right? But it also means you're going to spend eternity with the Lord if you know him as your Lord and Saviour. And there's the reality of this morning. You're going to spend eternity with him, new life. It also promises us something else. You hope. The resurrection of Jesus means a death to the hopeless and a birth of hope. Do you know the thing? If you think of it logically, the stones rolled away from the tomb. There are two things you could do. You could go into the tomb and make it home. Or you could go into the tomb, look and come out again. Many of us are entombed. Something has entombed us. We're not as free as we should be. The good news about the stone being rolled away is that Jesus Christ invites us to run out of the tomb. Not walk, run. If this morning you feel trapped in any way, for what, if it's circumstances or thought or sin, if it's that sense of foreboding or pressure, whatever it is, if it's a tomb, the good news of Jesus Christ is that you can come out. You don't have to stay in the tomb. I know that for sure. When I was growing up, I thought I was the real business, you know? Genuinely. I got to 16, everybody on the estate I was living in left me alone. Because you don't mess with me. 
Lorraine said to a friend years ago, you'd have walked, you literally would have crossed the road and walked away from me if you'd have known me in those days. And it's true. But what changed? Christ took hold of me. I was in my own tomb of self-destruction. And it's true. I was a rugby player. I grew a beard when I was 14. In case you didn't know. That's true. Why did I grow a beard? Not as good as Leicester's. I've just seen the beard over there, sorry. Not as good as Leicester's, but you know. Why did I grow a beard when I was 14? Because it was the way that if I went into the off-license and asked them for a drink, they wouldn't question my age. And that meant I could take that alcohol and sell it to the younger kids on the estate. Now that was 14. By 16, Christ had hold of me. That was my grave. But what's yours? And so this morning I invite you to run out of the grave. We're going to sing a song in a while that will invite you to do exactly that. To run out of the grave. No matter what we face, we have a hope. I want to tell you the hope I got was amazing. And I want to invite you into that same hope. Do you know, the last few years with COVID may have seen helpless and hopeless for some of us. May have been this whole sense of what's going on. Not for one moment since I first came to know him has my hope in Jesus Christ been diminished. Not for one moment has he let that hope slip. I may have done, but he never does. Resurrection promises new hope. I've got a new life and a new hope. And I've also got victory. That, I thought that might get an hallelujah, but no. <laughs> you get my drift? Why do they sing the Alleluia Chorus that way? Because in reality what they're singing about is not a dead God but a living Saviour. What they're singing about is not defeat but victory. What they're singing about is not death but life. Only the resurrection could take Peter and turn him from this cowardly kind of I don't know Christ figure into the most awesome preacher of renown. Only the resurrection could transform Saul, this persecutor, into the great missionary called Paul. Only the resurrection could turn, let's just call them ordinary women, but you know what I mean, they're not. But take these ordinary women and take them from, from, uh, from being those sort of embalmers to being news pronouncers. Only the resurrection can take ordinary people like you and me and turn us from... Saints, sorry, turn us from martyrs into saints, from criminals into preachers, into activists and organisers. Only the power of the resurrection can do that. Generation after generation, the empty tomb shouts, he's not here, he's risen. Anxious women become joyful. Scared disciples become evangelists. Doubters become believers. Persecutors become an apostles. Fishermen become a rock and the church is born. And we have seen an example here this morning of a couple of folk who broke out of the tomb. It's just they don't know it yet. But thank you, Debbie, and thank you, Pat. Because in reality, when we were praising God, 
with thine be the glory, or I think it was thine be the glory, he has risen, one of the two, can't remember which one now, they went, oh, okay, the doors are open, and off they went. And if you didn't see it out in the area out there, they were dancing and praising and worshipping God. See? Resurrection takes us from one place and moves us. Hallelujah. Satan still states Satan. The deceiver is still deceiving. The enemy is still the enemy. But in the words of Jesus Christ on the cross, it is finished. Jesus reminds us that sinless life has been lived and he's become sin on the cross for us. He's paid the price. We are sinners counted righteous in his sight. And because he's risen, one day we will rise with him. Bless you, brother. (laughs) Because the women were not afraid but empowered with the good news, then so will we be. Because he's called us brother or sister, so we might call him brother, family relationship restored. Because he rose from the grave, then so will all who know him and love him. And because he lives, we too here now live, free from the tombs we've made for ourselves. Resurrection Sunday is an invitation to resurrection freedom and declaring resurrection victory. So this morning, I want to invite you to worship. And as you do so, to run out of the grave. To acknowledge he's risen and maybe for the first time live life in freedom. If you seek the resurrected Lord this morning, you will find him. There was a sceptical law uh, professor uh, in Harvard Law School. He's a chap called Simon Greenleaf, and he'd written three volumes on law. In his classes, he openly mocked any Christian that was there. One day, during his classes, the story goes that one rather timid Christian student came to him and said, if you're that clever, apply your own law books to the resurrection of Jesus. And thinking he was, he took up the challenge. What he found was the evidence was so convincing for Jesus' resurrection that he became a believer. This is what he wrote. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is one of the best established facts of history. And the enemy would like you to think it's not. The enemy would like you to think you are weak. The enemy would like you to think that you will not rise. The enemy would like you to think that you are not empowered. The enemy would like you to think that you're not part of the family. The enemy would like you to think that the grave has robbed you of the person that loves you rather than giving you the reality of who he is. And the enemy would like to say, you're dead and you're going to stay dead. Whereas Jesus Christ says, no, I am not a dead God, I am a living Lord. And hallelujah. Instead of a dead God, this lecturer found a living Christ. Why? Why was the grave stone rolled away? For you. So I invite you to celebrate Easter, to eat lots of chocolate, although I probably won't personally, just in case the rain's watching, to eat lots of chocolate, to find out what it's all about, to declare he's living, that Jesus is alive. And I invite you to run out of your tomb. Let's pray.
Father God, we thank you that your son, Jesus, is alive. He has risen. That the stone was rolled away, not so that, Lord, he could get out of his stone, get out of his tomb, but that we might escape ours. So on this resurrection morning, Lord, free all of us, I pray, from the tombs that we've built, that we may live. Let us bounce on the bed with you, declaring, he's alive, and I am dead and therefore will live with him. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. You are Lord of Lord and King of Kings, and you will reign forever and ever. I declare this for myself and on behalf of this company of the the loved and beloved. For he is risen. Amen. I'd like to stand with us as we uh, declare that we're going to run out of the grave this morning, if you haven't done already. (laughs) So stand with us. I'm hoping that lots of you will know this one. truth is when we run from the grave we're running out of darkness into light out of death into life out of enslavement into freedom out of defeat into victory and that's the reality which means dear friends that above everything else resurrection sunday was and is the greatest day in history. Now, some of our children are going to come back. We'll discover them filtering back and they're going to come and worship with us. Um, so if you lost the child to us earlier, so to speak, that, that you'll find them coming back when they've finished their work, what they're doing. And we're going to declare together, this is the greatest day in history. If we sing this through more than you might be used to, don't worry, it means they're still joining us. The greatest day in history. Death is beaten you have rescued me and it'd be good just to use this as these guys get ready just as a prayer so let's pray these words together I want you to say them with me if that's okay a said prayer the greatest day in history death is beaten you have rescued me sing it out Jesus is alive the empty cross the empty grave life eternal you have won the day. Shout it out. Jesus is alive. He's alive. Hallelujah. was just going to have the blessing but we're going to sing another song in a while we're going to repeat one because i just think it's important for us for today but before we do that can i invite you to take a seat because i know our young people have been working hard haven't they lorraine 
Our young people have been working very, very hard. I'll just show you. They have been making their own Easter gardens today. They have got the tomb and the cross that says, Jesus died, now he's alive. And children, what colour flowers have we got in there? Blue, yeah, and what are those blue ones called? Go on then. Forget me not, because we're not going to forget what Jesus did for us. So if you see them coming and getting these afterwards, just just give them a pat on the back because they did it really well this morning. Bless them. And as a a present, on the way out, children, we have some chocolate. So on the way out, don't forget to get your chocolate. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa. Well, it doesn't seem right, does it, that we just give children chocolate? Oh. So okay. I've, I've got, I think I've got Richard and Millie as my helpers. They're, they look poised. They look poised. But don't give it to them. We won't get any chocolate. Oh, good point. <laughs> we, we've got... We've a got small egg. A small egg each. Yeah, for the adults, and these are for the children. Now, okay? for, for an adult, I just want to let you know, these are zero-calorie eggs. Oh! <laughs> I wish. Can I give you these guys... One at each end, this would be really brilliant. Thank you, guys. Can I say, do you believe that pastor who just told you that it's zero calories? Yes, yes, okay. Well, uh, I did say there was zero calories. I didn't say there was a number before the zero, though, did I? To be fair. Friends, we sang earlier on a song. I, I was really genuinely open, I hope, with you. When I said about thine be the glory, I'm going to ask if we can sing it again, actually. But there's a reason. We're buzzing a bit and it's disturbing the hearing aid, I think, a little. Is that better? Thank you, Roy. Um, There's a reason. Okay, and the reason is really simple. It is so simple, but I believe profound. As I've been preparing for this morning, I have not been able to escape the fact that the Lord wants to say to us that my victory was endless. And what's about to happen here is about my victory. And genuinely, friends, I cannot escape the fact that the Lord wants us to understand that his is the victory and his is the glory. And it may be very simple to say that to you, or it may be the most profound thing I've ever said in this church. But I'm going to invite you, if you've come as a visitor here, to take that reality back. Genuinely, I believe the Lord wants to set lots of little churches across the UK alight. Because I've learned one thing about the enemy. If you put all your stuff together and you make one big fire, he tries to put it out. But the Lord's going to make hundreds, thousands of little church fires. Because then they'll never be put out. And I believe, for now, that's my message. If you're looking online and you think that's true, please write a message back to me. I think the Lord wants to set this church ablaze. And you know what the blaze will do, don't you? It will gut the place and take the walls down. (laughs) Think of that logically. And I want to invite you there, whether you're a visitor, if you believe that's the reality of the church today, please sing this song with me. If you're someone that comes here, calls this home, and believe the church wants, believe the Lord wants to set this church on fire, 
then please sing it with me. I've not been able to escape it. And I don't know why. And if you are here uh, as church family, if you know why, please come tell me. Perhaps not today, but drop me an email. Thine be the glory, risen, conquering Son. Dear church and dear church online, please stand with me and sing the reality. His is an endless victory, and it's a victory of now. risen hallelujah indeed it is friends Jesus soon after he's risen from the dead gives this great commission to his disciples he says this then Jesus came to them and said all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me therefore these are his instructions to you this resurrection Sunday go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age because resurrection means Christ cannot be wrenched from you and you cannot be wrenched from Christ. And may that blessing be yours today, this week and forevermore. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. To leave a comment, please go to minehead-baptist.com slash sermons. Well, thank you once again for listening, and I'll speak to you soon.